Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of, short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my wrath. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work, and again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore there remains that some <coughs> excuse me, must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today after such a long time, as has been said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterwards spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest, of, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from him. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall after the same example of disobedience. Father, I thank you in these next few moments that by your Holy Spirit, your presence will be here. You will cause the eyes of our understanding to see with fresh clarity truth from your word, our ears to hear and receive it in our heart, that we might live it out and see the full manifestation of your word and your promise fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. I'll just throw this out. How important is faith to us? What else is there to the Christian life besides faith? Hmm? Is there anything else? Amy, don't let me forget. I didn't see you. I have your certificate, too. Amen. So, throw that in. I just... Amen. What else is there to the Christian life? being a Christian, other than faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Now, with all the sermons that you've heard, if you've been a Christian for a very long time, you've heard multitudes of sermons. Now I have to ask myself, what am I doing with what I've heard? What is it producing in my life? What's the byproduct of all my hearing? And if it's not producing a change, then I'm hearing the word, but I'm not mixing it with faith. Are you with me? It says they heard it, but they didn't mix it with faith. So tonight, I want to push this just a little bit further, if you would. If you look at the cover of your outline, and the next statement on the cover there is keep it growing. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. 
Paul's writing to the church of Thessalonica and says, all we hear about is that you guys are abounding in faith. Your faith is growing exceedingly. And the love of every one of you abounds towards each other. So let me just recap from Sunday morning just a little bit. We have all been given the same measure of faith. To get saved, you are saved by grace through faith. Not of yourself and not of works. It is the gift of God. So God is so amazing. He tells us this is what you need to do in order to be saved. And I'm going to give you everything you need to be able to do what you need to do to be saved. I'm going to give you the faith you need in order to believe the word and receive the word to accept my atonement for you. And then I like it. God always goes so far. He goes, you need to pray, but you don't know how to pray. So here's what I'll do. I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he'll pray through you and he will pray my perfect will for you. So God always supplies exactly what we need. Could you say amen? amen. And so here it comes along. And so Paul declared that it, that it is to us, declares it to us. It is the measure we need to be able to believe and be saved. It is the measure of the God kind of faith because it comes from him. It's not a different kind. It is the God kind. Just say this with me. I have the God kind of faith. I, we, if, unless we get a hold of that, we, we, well, I don't have enough faith. Well, God's not asking you to use your faith. He's asking you to use the measure that He gave you. And the measure He gave you is His kind of faith. Amen? And so use and, and receive what He has given to you. Not any, uh, excuse me, look at the inside of your outline. Nobody gets less than anybody else. Nobody gets less. God is no respecter of persons. Nobody gets less faith than anybody else. And like I said Sunday morning, we think and measure all the time, but God only has one measure that He gives, and that's His fullness. He gives everybody equally. Amen. There is no special or elite grouping who get a bigger dose of faith. And there's things that we do, we idolize people, we think people have because God is using them in one area or another. We think that they're God's man of faith and power for the hour. And if I could just get to them, their faith would be my answer. Well, there's places that God uses people and we need those gifts in our life. And I'm not diminishing that. But what about your faith? Why is your faith less than their faith? Why do we think somebody has more than I have and I need to get to the guy that has all the faith to make up for the little dab of do you that I got? So we, do, we, we shrink ourselves down and we think so small about ourselves instead of believing what God says about us. When Jesus says, he that believes on me and the works that I do, greater works than these shall he do. He qualified it with anybody who would believe on him. Anybody who believes on the Lord and the works that he did, Jesus declared that those people, believers, would even be able to do greater works than he did because he was going to the Father. And he was going to receive the promise of the Father. And he was going to pour out his spirit on just an elite chosen few. Is that what he said? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon who? All flesh. Amen. And everybody can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody can be endued with the same power. Are you with me? And so my job as your pastor is to get you to stir up your faith and to believe, really believe what we and live by what we say we believe. 
See, there's no special or elite grouping who get a bigger dose. Luke 17, 6, and we're going to hit this a couple times tonight, and I used it Sunday morning. But in Luke 17, 5, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. It's interesting, they said that right after he talked about forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. Amen. It takes a lot of faith to forgive people. Amen. And so, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, if you had faith like a seed, then you would say, and what you say would happen. Amen. See, faith is given as a seed to be sown and cultivated in and through our life. God gives us faith as a seed. Everything that we receive from God works in seed form. If we ever get this down, it changes everything about our life. Why do I sow? Because the Bible says that God multiplies the seed that I sow. If you look at a farmer standing out on a field and you ask him, yeah, hey, are you expecting a great crop this year? Yeah. Well, did you plant anything? No, but I have ground out there and I have seed in the barn and I'm really expecting a great crop. Well, have you sown any seed? No, but I'm really expecting a great crop. I mean, no, he's missing something in the equation. Seed was made to be sown, and when you sow it, there's a law of multiplication. There is a law of multiplication connected to sowing. It's a principle. God said to Noah when he came out of the ark, from this time on, the earth is going to operate by seed time and harvest and that's a law that's set in order everything operates according to the principle of seed time and harvest and if I understand that and I begin to put my faith in agreement with that and begin to operate out of that then I I understand every action is a seed that I sow every word is a seed that I sow every choice is a seed that I sow and so I begin understanding that and sowing in faith believing and now I'm sowing and I have hope and I'm looking forward to the harvest Of the seed that I've sown. Amen? And so faith begins to be stimulated and come alive. As Paul stated in the verse above, he was excited to hear that their faith was growing exceedingly, phenomenally, and flourishing. The word there for exceedingly, I put it there in your outline, I can't uh, pronounce that. But it simply means to increase above or above ordinary degree. Paul said, your faith is increasing. So he's writing to a group of believers and they're believing God above the ordinary degree. Can I tell you that for Solid Rock Faith Center, we need to be a church of believers where our faith is exceeding above the ordinary degree. If we want to lead people to cry, people coming into the kingdom of God need to know, hey, when you come into the kingdom of God, when you accept Christ as your Savior, God gives you a measure of faith. You no longer have to live by your own own ability, your own strength. Now you get to live by the faith that God gives you. And if you begin to live by faith, that faith can, can increase exceedingly. And you can believe and see God do amazing things through your life. Amen. So Paul is acknowledging that their faith was on the increase above the ordinary degree. I believe we too can see the same thing come to pass in our life. But faith isn't going to happen. Your faith doesn't increase on its own. You have to be an active participant. Are you with me tonight? Have to be active in this. See, now, knowing that we have this great gift and measure of faith, what are we going to do? 
I'm telling you, I, I've already declared you. I, I, I'll do what I did Sunday morning. How many know you're saved here tonight? You know you're saved. You're born again. You're, you're convinced I'm born again. Raise your hand real high. Okay, everybody ready? Okay, we all know we're born again. So you got born again by faith. And you have received the measure of faith. So everybody in here has the God kind of faith. You have the gift of the measure of faith. That's why Paul said, don't think higher, but think accordingly, according to the measure of faith. And God's gifted you. And then he follows that in Romans 12. And he goes on to talk about that with your faith, he's also given you the ability to be a productive member of the body of Christ. There are gifts and abilities that are listed there in Romans 12 that he talks about that make you a benefit to those around you. And so now that we know we have it, what are we going to do? Shall we just merely wrap it in the cloth of religion and hide it in fear as a man who received the one talent and just waited for his Lord to return? No, we need to use our faith. Or will we be bold enough to sow it and grow it? See, when it came to the parable of the talent, the, the guy who got the five sowed the five that he had, and it increased into ten. The guy that got the two sowed the two that he had, and it increased into four. So the law of multiplication worked, but they had to take the step of faith to sow it. Are you with me? And so faith always makes that investment. Hear me tonight. It's not up to God to increase our faith. <coughs> Excuse me. It's up to us to do that. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And he didn't say, okay. He said, guys, get this. If you had faith, you would say. And once you start saying, once you start speaking by faith, things begin to happen. Things begin to change. And you start seeing the results of speaking and sowing seed and declaring the Word of God. And once you start speaking and declaring the Word of God, the harvest begins to come in on God's Word. And you go, oh, wow, this stuff really works. God's Word really is true. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so we see that. See, and the apostles, and let's just read. And the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you can say. Somebody say, I can say. Look what he said. The Lord said, you can say. You can speak to that situation, that circumstance, no matter what it is. And we know that when he talked about mountains, these are parables, these are analogies. When he's talking about trees, when he's talking about mountains or whatever the situation is, he's talking in an analogy. And he said, you can speak to that circumstance in your life and it will respond to what you say. It will line up with what you say. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important about the words that come out of your mouth. Amen. Begin to call yourself the healed of the Lord. It's one thing to have everybody else pray for you and pray for you and pray for you and rub oil on you. Some of you, we could put you in a pan whether it was Teflon or not. You wouldn't stick. You're oily beyond sticky. Hallelujah. But... We keep wanting somebody else to pray and get my answer for me. We want the instantaneous thing. But then when we go home after being prayed for, prayed for and asking for the prayer of faith and agreement, we go home and the next words out of our mouth are contrary to what we ask prayer for. Are you doing all right? So we need to be lined up with the Word of God. See, we can begin to see increase in our faith by doing two things. Number one is feeding on the Word of God. You must be people of the Word. You have to feed on the Word. 
And, and a lot of times, I'm really, and, and, and I keep going back, but I am really praying for these friends and my neighbors that are Jehovah Witnesses. And I'm praying, especially for this one lady who's come over. I've gone back, and, and, and I've gone back and done some more in-depth study on their faith and on their belief. And it is sad. And so here's the people that are out thinking they're doing the Word of God, but they're believing. And I, I did the, some history reading today on their background, and every prophecy that was made by their founders about the coming of the Lord and timelines and everything, every one of them has come and passed and never been fulfilled, and they've had to change. There's not one foundational truth that, is, that has been established, and they have to keep readjusting so everything they're placing on is a fallacy. And my heart is breaking as people think these people genuinely love God, but they're genuinely deceived. And they're going through actions, and, and, and it's futile action. And to me, that is heartbreaking. I don't want to be afraid of them. I mean, when they come and knock on, think about that. Here we are. If, we, if you know the truth and you have faith, you have a relationship with God, and somebody's knocking on your door, but we're so deficient in the Word of God personally, that we're afraid to talk to them, we don't want to talk to them, or we label them a cult, we label them false religion, or whatever. No, our heart, these people are genuine in their faith. And they believe that they have the answer, and they're trying to share that. They, they think they're sharing answers with people. Are you with me? But, but they're out there acting. I, I give them so much prop because they're out there diligently knocking on doors, going door to door, sharing their faith. It's hard to even get uh, evangelical Christians to invite a friend to church, let alone knock on a stranger's door. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching real good. Amen. So feeding on the Word of God, you have to feed on the Word of God, one, for your own knowledge. But every time you hear the Word, when you're reading the Word and you're asking the Holy Spirit to, to reveal the Word to you and to be your teacher, faith always begins to be built up in your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Amen? And then by exercising it. You have to put it into practice. You have to be doing I don't know, it sounds goofy, but you have to be doing some faith stuff. Something in your life has to actually be an act of faith. There has to be, faith must have a corresponding action, which is what James said. You say you have faith, I will show you my faith by my works. And James wasn't trying to establish works over grace or all that stuff, but James is saying faith has to have a corresponding action. That's why Jesus said, if you had faith, you would at least say. So faith has a voice, and faith has a corresponding action. Amen? And so Hebrews 11, in fact, go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, watch this. Are you doing okay? I'm just on a mission right now. The Lord just had this in me, just to stir up our faith. And especially right now, I believe we're living in a day and an hour when we're going to need more faith than what we think we do. We're going to need to be, truly be a people of faith. Amen. Now what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Not by anything else, but by faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, 
so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Now, faith is this. Faith goes back to that other thing that I said Sunday morning. Everybody wants to understand before they believe. God doesn't ask you to understand. He asks you to believe. Faith believes God. Faith just believes. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, testifying of his gifts, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated so that he did not see death. Verse 6, but without faith, get this, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me ask you this. How do you diligently seek God? By faith. <laughs> Amen. So everything about going after God, God, what it means is, is that putting everything else aside, by faith, I have to believe that everything God's word speaks and declares is the perfect will for my life. And I have to let everything else go and just grab a hold of what God has declared to me through His Word and live by that by faith. Are you with me? Trusting God. The, the, the old acronym is forsaking all I trust Him. Amen? And so taking faith to that level. By faith, Noah, divinely warned of things not yet seen, Move with godly fear. By faith, verse 8, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would afterward receive as an inheritance. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Verse 9, by faith, verse 11, Sarah herself also received strength and conceived seed. And, and so it just keeps going on. By faith, verse 17, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph in worship, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and the were afraid of the king's command by faith. Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with his own people. But every time it was by faith, through trusting confidence, by faith working in their life. And as believers, we have to be people where faith is evidence in our life. Would you agree? Yeah. So... It says, Hebrews 11 says that by faith, which means they use their faith. Everything we read, they use their faith. And that is what Jesus gave as an answer to his disciples. He said, if you, would have faith, if you had faith, you would say, use it and it will grow. Use your faith and it will increase exceedingly. Amen? You have to use it and your faith will grow. Let me ask you this question. What are you saying daily that is a declaration of your faith? Are you saying anything daily that is a declaration of your faith in God? Do you make confessions daily? Do you declare things over your life? Do, do you speak to things? That's what Jesus said. If you had faith, you would speak to circumstances. And expect them to respond to what you declared. Amen. 
And so that is so important. Faith is always measured and always begins with the words that we think. So what do we do? Purpose in your heart to make every day a faith day. Make every day a faith day. Today, I'm going to increase my faith. Today, I'm going to speak and declare things. Hallelujah. So let me ask you this. What is the measure of your faith? What's the measure of your faith? Until you go, well, is faith measurable? I believe it is. Based upon the word. Jesus, go go with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and beginning in verse 5. Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. If you have your Bible, underline that in your Bible. But only speak. Listen to what the centurion said. You don't have to come to my house. Just speak a word. Just say it's done. Just declare. Make a declaration. Just speak a word. And my servant will be healed. Just speak a word and my servant will be healed. What a powerful statement. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another, come and he come. And to my servant, do this, and he does that. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such puny faith in all of Israel. I have not found what? What? Such great faith. So that means faith is measurable. Because Jesus say he he didn't say I have not found faith in Israel. He says I have not found such great faith. Paul says, uh, we rejoice that your faith is growing exceedingly. So faith is measurable. But watch it. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of cheese. Then Jesus said to the centurion, watch this, go your way as you have what? believed so let it be done for you and his servant was healed that hour as you have believed faith that's why the bible says, don't be conformed to this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind when i get over all i need to do is hear god's word there's been time in my life been doing different things and i'm praying on sin and the moment i know that i have heard thus saith the lord that that i know i've heard god's word 
and conference. It's done. It's settled. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter on the outside. Anything else. I know I've heard God. I have the peace of God. And when Hebrews says, those who, who, uh, the, those who, who, who have ceased from their works have entered into His rest. And so we know that it's God that is working in us. Amen. Faith believes that God is working into you. And rest is when you come into agreement with God working in your life. I'm going to speak and agree with God and His Word. And the Word, the Word is going to do the work. Are you with me? Or in other words, the seed is going to produce the harvest. All I have to do is sow it and get it in the ground. I don't have to make the seed. I don't have to work the seed. I don't have to go out there and, and you know, and pump up the seed and personally coach the seed. How are you doing today? You feeling good? How's it going? Are you germinating? No. Seed produces... In fact, keep... keep Keep your finger there. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. In fact, I need to look it up in the Amplified. Let me read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Are you doing okay? Yeah. Colossians chapter 1. Come on, turn it. Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Amplified version. Okay. Verse 3. Listen to the Amplified. Class chapter 1, verse 3. For we continually give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as we are praying for you. For we have heard of your faith in Jesus the leaning of your entire human personality on Him, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness, and of the love you have and show for all the saints God's consecrated one. Because of the hope of experiencing what is laid up, reserved and waiting for you in heaven, of this hope you heard in the past, in the message of the truth of the gospel, or you heard the word preached to you, you heard the message of the gospel preached to you, the word spoken to you, you received that word and listen. Verse 6, which has come to you indeed in the whole world, that gospel is bearing fruit and is still growing by its own Inherent power. Are you hearing that? The gospel by its own inherent self-contained power. You heard, 1 Peter says, you are born again by an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. Paul's saying here, you heard the seed of the gospel. It got down on the inside of you. And that seed is bringing forth the life that it contains. The seed is producing in your life all on its own. You are at a place of rest. You've received it. You're not working to make it happen. The Word is producing in you. Glory to God. So faith works 
in believing in the Word of God, even as it's done amongst yourselves since the day you first heard and came to know and understand the grace of God in truth. In truth, you came to know the grace, the undeserved favor of God in reality, deeply and clearly and thoroughly, becoming accurately and intimately acquainted with it. Hallelujah. So, faith is measurable. Jesus declared to the centurion that the centurion had great faith, which means faith must be measurable. Because he said, I haven't found such great faith even in all Israel. Think about this. When the centurion asked Jesus to heal his servant, Jesus responded and said, I will come to your house. The centurion said, you don't need to do that. Just speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled. How about you? Before I'm done on planet earth, I want to do something by faith that causes my Lord to marvel. Are you with me? I want my faith to cause Jesus to say, Wow, son, that's great faith. Marvel. I want God to marvel at my faith in Him. So let me ask you a question. Do we believe that the Word is as powerful as His presence? The centurion said, I don't need your physical presence in my house. I just need your word. To me, your word is as powerful as your presence. Are you with me? But we think we need that tangible reality. And we miss the tangible reality that God and His word are one. In the beginning was the... And the word was... With God and the Word. So the Word and God are one and the same. God and His Word are the same. So whether I have Him there in physical manifest presence or whether I have the Word there, I have God there. And the centurion just goes, I got it. You and your Word are one. If you say it, what the centurion said, I'm a man under authority. And he's recognizing, if you were not under authority, you couldn't do what you do. And the centurion says, all I have to do is say something and it is obeyed. If you will just say it, I recognize that you're under an authority greater than I am under. But I understand how authority works. So I don't need your presence. I just need your declared will. And when the Word of God becomes as tangible in your life as His presence, your faith will begin to grow exceedingly. Are you with me tonight? So think about it. This man believed that. Jesus declared that that was great faith. So the question is, can we take God at His Word? Can you take God at it? Can you read the Word of God and that settles it? See, the old bumper sticker says, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said it, it's settled whether you believe it or not. We think somehow our believing validates the Word of God. The Word of God declared is settled, period. Whether anybody ever believes it or not. We don't add any validation to God's Word. Think about it. 
See, when we hear and declare it, do we consider it done? That's my question. When you hear the word and declare the word, do you consider it done? That's what the centurion said. If you'll say it, it's done. There's nothing, there's, no, there's nothing else about it. There's no more conversation. If you'll say it, my servant's healed. If you say, my servant is healed, that's done, he's healed, into the matter, no more discussion, not going to touch it again. See, the thing we do is we kill back and touch it. Instead of just considering it done and leaving it alone. That's why it's important. Once you declare it, quit going back and repraying the same prayer over and over again like you didn't answer the first time. That's why it says, let everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We stay in prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication, and never move into thanksgiving. Faith moves over into thanksgiving. Father, I thank you. I ask, I believe I receive, I thank you, it's on the way. I believe I will receive. From that moment on, you should just be praising God and thanking God, not asking again like He didn't hear you the first time. Are you sure you're going to do it? I know you said you're going to do it, but are you really going to do it? I, I, how am I going to know you're going to do it? So no, thank you, Lord. It's done. It is settled. From now on, when that thing comes up, I just go, no, that's done. It's settled. I asked. I believe I received. And it's showing up. Like So I said Sunday morning, Jerry Savelle said, you live between amen and there it is. And in between amen and there it is, all you do is praise God for the answer. You just thank Him and praise Him for the answer. Are you doing all right? See? So the question is, do we require proof other than His Word? Does God have to give you proof other than His Word? Amen. What else can He give? What else can He give other than His Word? What higher confirmation can you give other than your Word? How many of you have ever told somebody you'd do something and then they ask you, are you going to do that? I said I'd do that. Well, did you mean it? I mean, if you go there with me, I'm about to blow up. I said I would do it. Well, when are you going to do it? Are you getting around to it? Are you sure? When are you going to come? Whoa. Does that bother anybody but me? You get, I, I mean, somebody asked you, you gave your word, and you're, and you're going to do it? And they keep asking you if you're going to do it. Does that bother you? anybody? Else? I got one person that's honest in here. Does that bother anybody but me? Hey, man. How do you think God feels? You petition God. He said, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my, listen to what Jesus, we have it on. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Did you ask in his name? Yeah. He said he would do it. So take him at his word and begin to thank him. Amen. This is one of my favorite quotes. I found this. I, I have a book. It's a treasury of, 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 uh, of, uh, biblical literacy, and it goes all the way back to like 64 A.D., and it goes all the way through the Reformation, all the way up at Austin. But Ehrlich was great. Lived from 1484 to 1531. Okay? What was that? 1647 years he lived. 1484. Okay? 1531. During the time of the Reformation now. And now, back in the 70s, people started talking about, well, the faith movement came, came on the scene in the 70s. Baloney. 
The faith movement came on the scene <laughs> way long time ago. Everybody has lived by faith. What do we read in the Old Testament? Abel, faith movement began in the garden with Abel. By faith, Abel. The first man of faith was Abel in the garden. The faith movement began in the garden with Abel. Are you with me? It was carried on with Enoch. The problem is, is that faith in people goes through cycles. That there will be a generation, there will be a people who will walk with God. That's why you read the book of Judges, and the book of Judges is a book of cycles. And so people walking with God, and then getting distracted by the world, and then getting more caught up in everything, putting trust in everything except God. And then there's that place where people get so oppressed by their own foolishness that they begin to cry out to God, and they go back to being a people of faith again. And you see the same cyclical behavior even in personal lives. But I love what Zwinglini said here. Look at it. His word can never be undone, destroyed, diminished, or resisted. For if it could, if God could not always fulfill it, His word, if some other were greater than He and could resist it, it would not be almighty. When Glenn is saying the word of God is almighty. It's unresistible. It, you, you can't keep it from coming to pass. You can't diminish it or, or, or destroy it or resist it. I love it. But it must always be fulfilled. If it is not fulfilled at the time you desire, that is not due to a deficiency of power but to the freedom of His will and the counsel of His wisdom. So when you ask God to do something, you begin to thank Him and you believe that He's going to do it according to the counsel of His wisdom concerning your life. And if you'll trust God, you'll find out that He'll always bring it to pass. And when He brings it to pass, it is always at the right time, in the right way, for the greatest increase. Could you say amen? amen. Well, I want it right now. That's because you're spoiled. Amen. Trust God. For if he, Listen to this. For if He had to act according to your will, if God had to do anything according to your timeline and your desires... You would be stronger than he, and he would have to consult you. I'm thinking about blessing you. Would next Thursday work for you? I've thought about answering that prayer. When is a convenient time that you would be available for me to work in your life? But what could be more nonsensical? What you need to remember is that God will never leave His Word powerless. Wow. So what do we do? Take God at His Word. Require nothing else. Be like the centurion. God, if you will say it. Get in that place. God, I, 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 this is the situation. I'm just going to find out what your word says, and that's it. And I'm going to anchor my faith in your word. Listen to what Jesus said. Listen to the way Jesus said it. 
Now, let's just apply Matthew 7 in this. He that hears my word and does my word is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the storms came and the winds blew and the floods came and beat against that house and the house did not stand, did not fall because it was founded upon the rock. In other words, to hear the word and to do the word is to act in faith in the word. To take the word and to live by faith in the word. Faith must have a corresponding act. So I hear the word and I begin to do the word. He that hears my word and does it. The only way to do the word of God is by faith. Amen. So when I'm living by faith, then my life is built on a foundation that cannot be shaken. So when everything else is going on around me, that's why it's marvelous. When you hear the testimony of, uh, of Christians in persecuted countries. And you hear the testimonies of them losing their life and not recanting their faith. Being told, if you do not denounce your Christianity and convert to Islam or convert to this or give this up, you're going to die right now. And they go, we will not die. When you read of the early church and they're told, if you do not denounce your faith, you are going to die. And they refuse to denounce their faith, even having to die. Which is why Hebrews 11, that some of these even died for the faith. Are you with me? When I get down and I'm that convinced that I could even face death and not question God. Amen. That's what we're called to. That's the life we're called to live. Hallelujah. So take God at His word. Require nothing else. Be firmly fixed in faith and confident that He has declared that what He has declared will surely come to pass and your faith will grow with measurable results. You too can have great faith. You can have great faith. Somebody say amen. amen. You can have But you have to purpose like I said, God is not responsible for increasing your faith. You are. Every day, make every day a faith day. Begin to declare things. Get confessed. Like I said, I read a couple of them Sunday morning. Have them in your Bible. And look at that. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. My God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I do not fret or have anxiety about anything. I do not have a care. Doesn't mean I'm irresponsible. It just means I'm just not going to worry about something. Are you with me? I don't have the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Well, I gave him all of them, but these four. Because I really like these four. Because these four get people to feel sorry for me. And as long as I have these four cares and I share my cares with others. They'll pray for me and love on me and console me in my cares. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I hold fast in my confession of faith. I decide to walk by faith and practice faith. My faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Jesus is the author and developer of my faith. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and His love abides in me richly. I keep myself in the kingdom of light, in love and the word, and the wicked one touches me not. I used to love those testimonies. People get up in church when we first started. The devil's been after me all week. Well, did he catch you? No. Well, then rejoice in that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right. That's enough of that. 
But get, declare the word. Speak the word. Are you doing all right? So think about it. No matter what the circumstance, and I just wanted to close with, I gave you this from Sunday morning. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what has happened, God's word has something to say about it. No matter where you are, what you're, the word of God has something to say about your life and your circumstance. So what do I do? Find out what the word says. And then just speak the word, declare the word. When you find out what the word says, faith will come. When it comes, begin to speak. And when you begin to do that, things will change. Things will change. Amen. His word is the word of faith. Amen. So remember, always make God bigger and everything else small. Amen. Think about all the things you talk about and then stop and think, wait a minute, maybe I should put God somewhere in here. To me, everybody loves to talk about their problems, but nowhere in their problems does God ever come up as their answer. It's holy, quiet in this Holy Ghost, Word of Faith church. Amen. Mix the Word with the faith He has given you. Come on, all, look, it's a, it didn't, that God gives us faith. And he said, here, here's what you, here's my word, and here's, here's, the, here's my word, and here's the faith you need to receive my word. Now, if you mix those two together, they'll produce everything you need in life. So I gave you the word, and I gave you the faith. Now, if you'll mix the two together, they'll produce in your life. I just don't have enough faith. Jesus, help us. Amen. Say this, I have the God kind of faith. I have the measure of faith. I don't need more faith. I have all I need. I'm going to grow and increase my faith exceedingly. I'm going to live by faith. I tried doubt. I don't like it. I choose faith. Amen. Everybody in here has tried doubt. We've tried fear. We've done a, none of it's any good. I tried it. I like that. Be like the little kid. Here, you want some peas? No. You want some broccoli? No. Want some asparagus? No. Want some prunes? No. Amen. Whatever it is. Kids are gracious at saying no. When the devil says, hey, you want some fear? What are you supposed to say? No. You want some unbelief? No. You want some doubt? No. Amen. I live by faith. faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Spit that other junk out. So, keep God bigger. You have the God kind of faith. Cease from your works and enter into rest. Rest is speaking the answer. Speak the answer. Rest in the finished work of God. If you have